So good afternoon. Uh, we're here to speak to Aaron, Nicola and Karen about the role of the allied health professionals within Hostel at Home in Forth Valley. So welcome. So first of all, can you tell us who you are and how you came to work in Hospital at Home? So my name is Aaron Fraser and I'm the dietitian within Forth Valley's Hospital at Home. Quite a unique role. Um, one of the only dietitians across Scotland. So how I came into the role just around the kind of birth of hospital home within Forth Valley, I was doing some tests of change with frailty at, within our acute assessment unit and just evidence in the impact of dietetics within this patient group who I suppose are often presenting with quite complex multifactorial issues um, and I really just wanted a post where I could stretch those improvement muscles, work within my interest and hospital home came along. So it kind of seemed like the perfect fit. That's great. Thanks, Aaron. What about you, Karen? So uh, my name's Karen Laird. I'm the clinical lead physiotherapist within Hospital at Home in Fort Valley. Um, I came to work as part of the team um, really because I've worked in Fort Valley for some years now and I've rotated around quite a lot of the different clinical areas. Um, more recently, um, mainly focusing on frail older people. So this has been in acute community services and the sort of intermediate care services. So the hospital home team was established. I saw this as a, a good opportunity for me to um, digress in my role as a physiotherapist, but also take on a bit more of a, a leadership role in setting up the physiotherapy service within hospital at home and just really the appeal of being part of such a new service that we've been waiting on in Forth Valley for, for so long now and with that aim of keeping people in their own homes out in the community. And Nicola, what about yourself? Um, I'm Nikki Bai. Um, I'm a speech and language therapist in the hospital at home team. Um, and I'd pre previously been working um, as an acute hospital therapist with adults with a wi wide range of conditions for most of my career so far. However, during the pandemic, um, I really fancied a change of scene. Um, and the hospital at home team offered a really great opportunity uh, to join a newly established service with the aim of keeping people with frailty out of hospital and in their own homes. Um, and I felt like it was a great opportunity to be able to use some of my acute care skills um, in the community setting, as well as the opportunity to be involved in service development and setting up an SLT service within the team. Oh, thank you so much. Moving on to the next question, um, are each of you able to describe your role within the team? So I'll come to Taryn for that one first. Um, yeah, so my role really initially within the team was to, I guess, set up the physiotherapy service within hospital at home alongside my OT colleagues um, initially and then obviously um, Nikki and Aaron joined from some of the other disciplines so we really came into the team with a blank canvas and, and built up our service from from scratch really so that that's involved inducting lots of new staff into the team um, you know, establishing our physiotherapy role within the team, putting together pathways and processes, um, really then to allow us to go out and assess the patients that come into hospital at home in a, a, a timely manner, provide a, a really kind of comprehensive frailty assessment um, for the patients and then put in place timely interventions, all with a view to really support patients and their family 
within their own home whilst they're under hospital at home because they're they're acutely unwell. So it's about for me providing a service, but obviously providing a support for for the the physiotherapy staff group as well. That's great, thanks. And obviously coming in yourself, Nicola Aaron, how tell us about how your role fits within the team. Um, so as a speech and language therapist, my role is predominantly um, around managing eating, drinking and swallowing difficulties um, that arise in people with frailty. So it's common for older adults um, and people with frailty to develop acute issues with their swallowing um, due to unrelated illnesses or infections or after um, things like um, trauma, such as a, a recent fall. Um, and this is because they're physiological reserves um, to withstand illness are reduced compared to healthier younger adults. So different functions can become deconditioned and suffer as a result of um, the acute um, illness. And sometimes the swallowing problem might be a temporary issue, um, but sometimes if they have other conditions like dementia or previous strokes or a progressive neurological condition like Parkinson's disease or multiple sclerosis, this can become a permanent change. Um, sometimes my support might involve managing um, eating and drinking and swallowing issues in people approaching the end stages of life. Um, and so a lot of my role is supporting them and their caregivers with these issues as well. Um, I do also support and give advice to people who've got communication difficulties as well. So this might range from um, communication partner support in people with dementia. It might be advice on speech and voice difficulties in Parkinson's disease and might be um, helping someone use a communication aid, um, if, for example, if they've got a laryngectomy. So it's quite a varied role. That's great. Thank you. So I'm the only dietitian in the team um, and like I said earlier, I'm one of the first in Scotland, certainly one of the first to be embedded. So my roles had, I suppose, two main elements to it. One of the, the main day-to-day -day elements, obviously, the clinical, and there's no average day in my role. Always an enjoyable one, but no, no average day in such a varied service. Because we're embedded in the team as HPs, we work closely together, you know, with Nikki and um, with Karen and her team and um, with the occupational therapists and um, but also really closely with the nurses and doctors and that just I suppose allows us to provide that more um, holistic service and holistic approach to to patients. Day-to-day -day, I suppose I start the day screening the caseload just to identify patients that have been either admitted into the service with nutritional issues um, or those who are developing nutritional issues over their admission. Um, often in this patient group, we're talking malnutrition, those who are underweight or um, losing weight, um, struggling to eat enough, um, potentially because of a compromised swallow, and, and I'm going out with Nikki to see them. But depending on that screening, it might be a lead to a telephone call to provide some advice for someone losing weight. It could be a home visit via tube feed, or as I say, it could be a joint visit with another member of the team to support, again, what's often such a multifactorial um, presentation. Another element is the service development. Came into hospital at home with similar to Karen, just that blank canvas, and that's been one of the most enjoyable parts of the roles, just being able to design a service that we really feel meets the patient's needs and trying to make it a um, responsive service, a patient-centred service, and one that can achieve that overall goal of keeping people at home, improving quality of life, 
and and just being holistic. Thanks, Aaron. So the next question, some of it we might have touched on in that previous question, but from each of you, can you tell us what you feel is the most important part of your role within Hostel at Home? I'll come to you first, Nicola. I would say the most important part of my role is managing inevitable decline um, in the person's um, communication and swallowing function. Um, if they if they're frail and have a life limiting condition, so these processes may not necessarily get better with treatment, um, and in some cases they're actually more likely to worsen over time. So it's really important that the proper support and education um, is available and given to patients and their families so that they know what to expect um, and so that they've got supportive tools or strategies in place um, to manage this or, um, you know, they know who to go to should they have um, questions and concerns once the hospital at home episode of care has has finished. I collected some outcomes last year um, as part of a kind of scoping exercise. And while there weren't necessarily positive changes in terms of somebody's level of impairment improving, um, which wasn't surprising because of the, the nature of the conditions that they had and the advancing age and frailty of the patients, but the level of well-being um, reported by um, particularly caregivers um, was um was positive and did improve after the episode of um speech and language therapy care so that was really encouraging and um yeah i think demonstrates um the need for having um kind of specialist um you know speech therapy input for people with frailty um, and having that kind of specialist yeah that specialist input that's great it's such an important part of the MDT is to have everybody from different disciplines working together. So Karen, what do you feel is the most important part of your role? I think as a physiotherapist, when people become medically unwell, which tends to be the case of the patients that come onto a hospital at home, you know, quite often this has a significant impact on their mobility or their daily function at home. You know, so that's really our role is to provide a, a timely assessment um, of mobility and function and see what we can do to intervene to try and provide support to help people in the It's part of the, you know, the bigger picture, the medical management as well. And that might be a case of, you know, supplying walking aids or pieces of equipment or advice, sometimes training the, the caregivers and family you know, looking at ways to support them while they're acutely unwell. It might be a, a package of care that's required. So, you know, things that we can do in a very a very short period of time just to support somebody to, to remain at home if if that's their, their wish, you know, and their goal. But again, that's, you know, it's all part of that collaborative working with, with, with the rest of the team. And that's one of the main roles is for physio and occupational therapy as well to be accessible and able to intervene sometimes quicker than other services would be able to respond. So I think that's why it's so important to have us sitting alongside the rest of the team. And from your perspective, Aaron, what would you say is the most important part of your role? Um, yeah, just to echo a lot of what Karen and Nikki have said, I think it's about being accessible, responsive, um, patient-centred. The, the patient group that we're dealing with, as Nikki said, is you know, often maybe not getting better and it's more managing 
managing and supporting, you know, from my point of view, they're they're eating, they're drinking to kind of minimize potentially, you know, inevitable declines and making those um last months, years as comfortable, as easy as possible. So it's a very um much a supportive role. But like I say, I think one of the most important parts has been accessible and removing barriers for patients accessing dietetics. Um, traditionally, we focus on those who are already malnourished or, or quite far down the line. And I think what I've done here is take a slightly different um, approach to, I suppose, lowering the threshold for referral, having a higher sensitivity and um, really looking to just address that patient centre. of what matters to you if someone's got any difficulty with their eating and drinking of varying types I'm happy to support but yes yeah, I suppose about ensuring they get the right input um, at the right time and from the right profession and I think that's what we're able to do here um, having been embedded in the service. That's great thanks and we know that home services throughout the country are set up in different ways and some have AHPs embedded in their team others don't what would you say are the benefits to having HPs as part of the actual hostel at home team? And I'll come to you first, Darren. Well, yeah, just carrying on from what I just said, I suppose it's right care at the right time. Um, with with us being here, by being embedded, by being co-located, with, by developing responsive services from myself, Karen, Nikki, we're able to you know, act on and respond to any presentation that, that comes into the hospital home service and give them the appropriate care and, and holistic care we're able to do joint visits on the same day on the same morning whenever someone requests assistance we can um, sit down as a team decide who's best to go out and see them that day the next day and um, going forward and I suppose it just removes a lot of the challenges that I've faced in previous services when we've been a little bit more disjointed um, and that delay in patients getting the care that they need. So Aaron, you've just given us a lot of information about that team working and been the accessibility of having the other disciplines um, working beside you. Nicola, Karen, is there anything that you would add to that about the benefits of being an actual part of an embedded hostel at home team? I think because we're all sort of based in the same area, um, we have quite good opportunities to learn jointly as a team, you know, so we'll do things like team and services or you know, we'll maybe reflect on a, a case that we've had or um, so that we're all kind of learning on how we can improve and, and move things forward as well. Also, it does give us a bit of an opportunity to, I suppose, really learn more about each other's roles, you know, because we can do these joint visits and almost, you know, slightly blur roles, you know, from time to time, you know, just to, I suppose, minimise the, the number of people going into somebody's house, you know do little jobs and things for each other where it's where it's appropriate so and even just coordinating visits you know who's who's the most important member of the team for that patient to see that day you know really is it you know nutrition and Aaron that is the main the main priority for that day or is it you know myself and the physios in terms of mobility so I think we can coordinate the most important person to be with the patient that day yeah, and I think I would also add that I think having having all of us there within the same team, I think we're able to um, really consider the person as a whole and not lose sight of the person. So you're not just thinking about, you know, the medical condition that they're presenting with. You're thinking about all the different aspects of their life 
um, who that person is, what's important to them. And I think that's really important to, you know, consider, I mean, for any patient, but I think particularly people who, you know, are frail, are are older, some of them are going to be, you know, in the end stages of their conditions. Um, and I think that, you know, it's really crucial to be able to kind of take on board you know, all aspects of the person um, in order to provide, you know, real, you know, holistic patient-centered care and being able to kind of balance that kind of, you know, balancing risk with kind of quality of life and what that person, what that person needs and and wants um, as part of their care and treatment as well. Thanks, Nikki. So important having the person at the centre of everything. So next question I wanted to ask you was, do you think there are any challenges to being an AHP within a hostel at home team? I'll come to you first, Karen. I think, um, obviously, when we first joined the hospital at home team, there was the challenges of setting up a new a new service as um, AHPs as part of the bigger, the bigger hospital at home team. You know, just all your um, getting the right equipment, getting the right technology you needed. There's all these kind of practical challenges that... that that we came across, obviously bringing together a, a, a team of staff from all different areas, and you know the ability to us induct and you know integrate into the the bigger team. So I think these things these things just take time, and I think you need to give yourself time to you know develop your pathways, processes, standard operating procedures. And I, th- I think actually when we look back, we maybe don't appreciate quite how far we've come in a relatively short space of time. You know, there's been challenges, but, you know, we've overcome these challenges and really turned a lot of them into quite good opportunities. You know, we're very lucky as part of a new service, we're allowed to to try things, to try different ways of working, to try different daily processes. And then, you know, if things could be better, we're allowed to change them. So we're really constantly doing these little tests of change to develop and improve our services. So I think, you know, we've had a really good opportunity to do that as part of a new service. That's great and coming to yourself Nicola and Aaron is there anything that you would add that you think has been a bit more challenging? Um, yeah I think you know me me and Aaron are you know the sole members of our respective professions um, within the team so I guess we're um, operating you know we know that we've got the support around us but we are doing a lot more kind of loan working um, and I think you know we've we've obviously worked hard to make sure that we've you know got support from like not only you know our hospital at home team um and being accountable to them but just making sure that we are you know checking in regularly with our respective speech therapy and dietetic teams as well so i guess that's you know in a way it's been we've been able to just kind of get on and and do things how you know we feel is is best for the service and we've been you know it's a great opportunity for us to kind of go go ahead and as Karen was saying just go and try things and and do that and we're kind of because we're the only ones working you know we were able to kind of get on with that kind of like quite autonomously which is which is which is great um but I guess you know we haven't maybe haven't got other people to kind of bounce those ideas off so it's important for us to kind of you know keep in regular communication with our respective um professional teams as well yeah and I would agree with you both I think it sounds a bit cheesy but I think a lot of the challenges have been removed because we're embedded because we've got that support from each other from the nurses from the medical team and um initially I think my one of my biggest challenges was a quite a steep learning curve, but but we've had that support and there's loads of educational opportunities um, working in hospital at home that's um, 
that we've been able to kind of upskill with, I suppose. And just following on from those, um, what you said about the educational kind of opportunities, has there been things that you have done as a team with regards to um, learning more skills or upskilling? And is there anything that you have done out with external courses that you feel have changed some of your practice as well? I'll open that out to any of you. I think there's been loads, but I think even just the just the day to day, sitting together, talking through patients. Karen mentioned earlier that you know, we often have the opportunity to talk through complex cases, um, and of course, I've got our MDTs, and just hearing the process that that other team members go through from from assessment right through their decision making to a treatment plan, I think it's really upskilled me, but also allowed me to kind of really see where where my bit fits in. So that, I found that really useful. Don't know if you guys have anything that you want to add. Um, we've had a really good opportunity as a team, you know, to take part in education sessions and in services as a group, you know, things like common conditions that we see within hospital at home, such as heart failure and um, respiratory conditions. So I think that's been a good joint learning opportunity for everybody. And then it makes us then think about well, you know, are we treating these patients the best way we can or is there other things that we can do? So I think that's been um, very useful. Um, there's certainly been upskilling kind of across the team, you know, as AHPs, we've done training and taking clinical observations um, so that if, you know, we're out visiting a patient for AHP input and they're needing their um, clinical observations and news chart completed that day then we've got the competency to do that so that then saves you know a nurse or a healthcare support worker going out in addition um, so it's kind of reducing the number of visits that are that are needed um, in a person's house in that day as physios we've been doing a bit of training with the the OTs and the healthcare support workers on sort of provision of basic walking aids um, again, just to extend extend their scope, and if if they're out at that person's house, that's something that they can do. So it's kind of trying to reduce the number of visits to work towards increasing our capacity as a whole team by blurring our roles a little bit and gaining competencies and each other's skills. That's great. Thanks so much. So just to finish off and turn the spotlight on you, Karen, I suppose, um, I know the team and we know that you've been working really hard towards the ACE modules do you want to tell us a bit about how you feel that may have changed the way you've been working within the team? Yeah, so I um, completed the advanced clinical assessment and examination module um, through Stirling University. So this has really allowed me to, I suppose, extend my scope of practice to be able to complete more um, varied and comprehensive um, clinical examination um, of the patients that come into a hospital at home so just now I'm in that kind of consolidation phase of of now that I've passed the course. Um, but, you know, in future, it'll allow me to almost go out as like the first responder to a patient that comes into the, the virtual hospital at home ward. And I'll be able to do, you know, a full comprehensive assessment of um, all the kind of clinical systems um, and feed that back to the rest of the team again. So this will hopefully be a way for us to be able to increase our our capacity um, and I think it's all it's given me a better understanding of the kind of medical role within hospital at home and what their 
clinical assessment actually actually means. So yeah, I think it's been a really valuable education tool. Thanks for me. so much, Karen. So a massive thank you to Karen, Nikki, and Aaron for chatting with us today. I think these are fantastic advocates for why allied health professions should be within hostile home teams, not just for the team dynamics and your skills that you've got, but also for the importance of the patient and and what we're doing to help them and keep them within their own home environment. So thank you very much. Um, And I hope you enjoyed that podcast and join us again for our next episode. (music) 